0: Hi, Raphael Bender here, founder of Breathe Education, and you're listening to the Pilates Elephants podcast with me and my co-host Chloe Bunter. There are many things that are awesome about the Pilates industry, however, many of the practices we take for granted are out of date or just plain pseudoscientific. These are the elephants in the room in Pilates, and we're here to talk about them openly and honestly, and with a fair few F-bombs thrown in. This show is about debunking the myths and giving you science-based tools to become a better, happier, and more fearless teacher. If you've been enjoying the show and you want to give back, give us a five-star rating and write us a glowing review on Apple Podcast app. That'll help other instructors find the show and let us know we're making a difference. In today's episode, we're going to ask the question, can Pilates really give you longer, leaner muscles? Stick around and find out. Hey. Imagine this, when you meet a new client, you know exactly what to do. You're confident because you already have a plan, a plan that's so powerful and versatile that you can use it with any client, big clients, small clients, clients with pain in weird body parts, clients with diagnoses ending in itis, osis or opathy, clients with neurogenic pain, whatever that is. Well, actually, neuro just means nerve and genic means produced by, so neurogenic pain is just that is produced by nerves anyway clients with balance issues clients with pain in any body part or in many body parts all with this one weird trick No, i'm just joking there is no one weird trick of course that's going to solve everybody's problems but if you come and study with us in our diploma of clinical pilates you will genuinely learn how to help people with all of those issues that i mentioned plus many more You'll learn a deep understanding of how the human body works and of modern pain science and evidence-based best practice. And you'll learn how to apply that knowledge to genuinely help people with their musculoskeletal issues. This is a one-year in-depth program. I would love to have you in the program. It's 100% online online. No travel required at all. You can do it totally from your lounge room. If you're interested, I'd love to have you come and join us. Click on the link in the show notes, and I look forward to seeing you in class. Go on, click on the link. Hey, Chloe. Hi, Raph. How are you going? Yeah, I'm really happy to be here with you.
1: Yeah, I'm excited
0: mm. too. I feel like I haven't seen you for ages.
1: It does feel like a long time, which is weird. I feel like we used to see each other all the time. Because um, you were on holes last week or something. What did I? No, last week I was here. With we didn't L- know. Last week we Laura's, talked with Laura. I guess, yeah. I
0: don't know why, but yeah. it feels like I haven't seen you for ages.
1: Two weeks. Then the prior two weeks I was on. Mm. I was on holidays. Well, it's good to see you anyway. Yes, you too. <laughs> it's a nice. It's it's not too cold, and it's a nice, nice day, and mm. we've got a spicy, spicy topic coming up, um, which I'm excited about. It's, uh, yeah. What are we going to talk about?
0: Can Pilates Make your muscles longer and leaner. Wow.
1: I sure hope so. <laughs> isn't isn't that what all the advertise? Look, I think... I don't know. I'm sure so many of our listeners can put their hands up and go, at one point, they got suckered into Pilates... That's why I signed up. ...for that claim. <laughs> and... I absolutely did. So back in the day, apart from the fact, apart from the fact, I was kind of sold that Pilates would alleviate my back pain, which it did, which it did, which it did. <laughs> which it did any because, and I was speaking about this um, last night because it was the Fearless uh, Movement lecture uh, for our March crew, and we were speaking about well, for a lot of us, Pilates did alleviate our pain. OK, but that's because I fell in love with doing Pilates. That's because I did it consistently. That's because uh, it helped get me stronger, it helped, you know, get my range of movement back. It helped getting me back into moving into flexion, which was what I was fearful of moving into and all of these things. OK, because and,
0: and you expected it to
1: and because me. I expected it to help. And, you know, though, if I expected going swimming or going for a walk or going for a run would do the same thing and I'd love doing it, guess what? It probably would as well. So, you know, and we talked about that. So being mindful of narrative. Um, but I also, I also distinctly remember the, you know, the, the advertising and all the hype, um, particularly around, I'm thinking like feeding straps. That one was guaranteed, guaranteed to make your legs longer and (laughs) hey spoiler alert and this won't come as a spoiler alert for anyone who knows me IRL in real life (laughs) I'm still short (laughs) my legs still look the same (laughs) you know what it's really it's
0: really it's it's been one of the biggest weird things for me about this whole COVID you know year and a half that we've had is you know meeting people in real life and you're like oh you're like a foot taller than I thought you would be or like...
1: Yeah, it's height, <laughs> isn't it? It's height that always, um, is always... Because you only, you only can't ever see t-
0: people from the chest up, yeah, sort of. you can cannot
1: you. tell online yeah. and I've noticed it's funny... Um, More people kind of now are saying, "Hey, I'm tall," or "Hey, I'm short," because maybe it's like going to impact, you know, their settings on the reformer or their ability to do certain exercises, etc. And I've noticed now people—that's one of the main things people will put their hand up to flag. So it's not so much now. Is there something? Yeah. yeah. Is there something (laughs) that hurts this or that? Oh, oh, just letting you know, I'm tall. So I might have some, or just saying, you know, I'm actually really short, you know, and like, I've noticed myself too, when demoing exercises and teach, you know, to teach them um, for the first time, I usually need to say something about my stature Mm. in regards to my, what that means from a ability to do an exercise with, you know, or, or, Equipment settings. Hmm. So it's really interesting. So a lot of the time, I'm like, guys, I am so of average height.
0: <laughs> you know what? I was uh, I was reading a a book, and I was listening to a podcast actually the other the other day, and uh, they were talk uh, This guy was a, an evolutionary biologist, and he was talking about actual. Uh, he does research into human mating behaviour from an right. evolutionary perspective. Yeah, right. And, and so there's so much data on this now with the internet and Google searches and porn and and Tinder and, and and all these things. We've got, like, so m- so much digital footprint about our mating behaviour that we right. didn't have, like, 20 years ago.
1: Interesting. That
0: researchers can tap into, you know, this, you know, not, like, individual people's data, but they can look at the aggregate of, like, how many times was this thing searched for or whatever. As
1: in, are you attracted to a certain l- person who looks a certain way?
0: Yeah. And so what uh, – w- well, uh, one, of, one of the things he was talking about on this show was – um, which is Sam Harris's podcast, actually making sense, which is I love it and uh, highly ah, recommend it. If you if you're no, looking for a thought, not following
1: that, podcast. you usually tell me the good podcast. <gasps> yeah, so it's nothing to do with Pilates. Me. It's yeah.
0: nothing to do with movement. What's it it's called
1: making sense. It's
0: called making sense with Sam Harris. Um, he talks uh, about uh, a lot of stuff. He talks about current political events. He talks about AI. He talks about uh, meditation. He talks about he's a neuroscientist. Uh, he talks about philosophy he just it talks about a wide-ranging topics yeah, right. you know as really interesting uh guests anyway this one time last week I think it was he was talking with a, an evolutionary biologist who's studying human mating behavior from an evolutionary perspective um and he was he was talking about this data they got from dating apps uh, you know so that you know tinder plus etc cetera, etc cetera, whatever the other ones are yeah. um and he said that basically I can't remember how they figured this out but they basically found that on average, men inflated their height by, like, two inches. Oh,
1: you, know? you didn't need to do a research project yeah. to tell me that. <laughs> so men would, like, round up, seasoned, you know, if you're five, five foot
0: eight, you round up to six feet Online data whatever, here. You know? uh,
1: the amount of times I've shown <laughs> up to a date and someone is significantly <laughs> shorter than what they put online. Mm. Yeah, mm. okay.
0: Yeah, so yep. anyway, um, but women don't inflate their height. Women, women round their age down oh. online. Yeah, and men round their income up as well. Like, oh yeah, you know, they round themselves up from um, security guard to neurosurgeon, or you know, whatever it is. (laughs) So
1: they, so they round, they make themselves taller
0: and more, yeah, prestigious occupations. Okay, and
1: and, And women try and make themselves a little younger. Yeah, yeah. fascinating.
0: (laughs) So, but you know, it's just an interesting curiosity. But so, when your female participants in class say, "Oh, I'm tall," yeah, they're probably they're probably telling the truth. Yes. Right? <laughs> but but if your male participants <laughs> say that, you'd never know.
1: You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. There you go. Wow. Okay. Oh, I, I'll have to uh, listen to that episode. It sounds really interesting. Yeah, I'll,
0: I'll send it to you. I'll yeah, link to yeah. it in the show notes. Yeah, I'd love to. Awesome.
1: Yeah, awesome.
0: There's this new model, actually, um, that uh, um, he does this interesting model with his podcast that he doesn't do ads. You know, And if you're listening to this, you probably notice we don't do ads. I mean, sometimes we advertise our own wares. You know, I like come do our diploma with us, or come to yeah. our free Q and A or whatever. But it's like we don't do, hey, come and buy this thing from some yeah. other person that they're paid as money. is that yeah. sponsor sort of thing? Um, so we don't do that. We've made a decision not to do that um, because this isn't our source of income. You know, we're not doing this for a living. Mm-hmm. We're doing this because these conversations need to be had, and our mm-hmm. mission is to help people become more health literate and science literate and fearless mm-hmm. movers. So anyway, Sam Harris—that's what he does for a living—is he does a podcast, right? right? That's his job. Yeah, um, cool. Uh, and so it's like, okay, it's great that you've got a million downloads and everyone loves you and everything, but it's like- How, how do you, you make money out yeah, of it? How do you pay the bills? Yeah, <laughs> yeah fair <laughs> and enough. And so your options are like get a sponsor mm-hmm. and get paid to do it or ask people for money. Yeah. You know, It's like, okay, if you listen to this, it's free, but it's not going to be free forever because I'm going to have to go and get a job. If, <laughs> yeah. You know? um, uh, so anyway, he has this model where he basically just invites people to sponsor him on Patreon or whatever uh, and you don't have to. Um, and if you don't want to, that's fine. It's free. But if you want to, you can. And so I sponsor him. I can't remember. It's a paltry amount, a few bucks a month. Yeah, you know. right. Um, that gives me a little in a glow of, you know. Yeah. Doing, and doing if he's good.
1: got like that many listeners and everyone throws in a few dollars, well.
0: Yeah. And yeah. it's great because people who can't afford to don't have to. Yeah. And people who can afford to and want to. Great. So yeah, anyway, cool. I like it. It's got no ads. He never tells me to buy anything. Um, and I like his conversations.
1: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the ads can be, I must admit, the ads can be a little annoying in some of my favourite podcasts. Um, it's like, oh, and they go on for so long. You know but what? But I understand, like I get it, I get the need, so I, I tolerate it, but it, it ruins my, you know, yeah. it ruins yeah. my enjoyment a little bit. I've
0: stopped listening to a couple of podcasts because of the ads. Have you? Yeah, like a couple of podcasts. So I listen to different podcasts at different times of day or for different reasons, and some podcasts I listen to sometimes to help me get to sleep. Yeah. Um and there some of them that have the ads are a lot louder than the podcast. Uh, and it's like you're lulling off to sleep. Ah, oh, there's this, you know, beautiful sonorous voice of someone talking about British history or whatever, and then it's like,
1: hey, come on, da, 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 da. <laughs> and loud music and yeah. da da da
0: and you're like, ah, oh, yes, yeah. anyway. And
1: did I tell you that my because I think we've talked about um sleep and whatnot before and you said you know you like listening to um, classical music, and there's there's a lot of literature around listening to classical music as you're as you're going to sleep. My uh, brother Luke he highly recommends uh, anything read by David Attenborough, so that's his. So he works he um, he works out on the oil rigs, and the, like I don't know if it's actually I probably shouldn't say oil rig because I don't know if it is an oil rig. I should really know what he does better, shouldn't I? He's a commercial diver and he also does a lot of rig climbing now. So it must Mm -hmm. be an oil rig and whatnot. And anyway, I guess the thing is he works really weird shifts. So he could work all through the night and then he's out on a barge on a ship, needs to get to sleep during the day. Well, you know, imagine all the noises, et cetera. So he pops in. David Attenborough read books, and he said it's amazing because it lulls him to sleep. And then actually, when he wakes up, he just starts listening to it again. So it keeps, she just really relaxed. That's so there awesome. you go. Red yeah, hot
0: I can, I, can, I can see that. I mean, David Attenborough's got a very yeah, yes, uh, yeah. very smooth voice. Yeah, yeah very yeah. calm.
1: Yeah, and it's interesting. So mm. yeah, if you're having if you're having um, a tough time uh, getting sleep, maybe try something written by yeah. read by. David Attenborough, there you go. Mm. Um, Okay, well, let's pivot to how I'm going to get these long lean muscles Mm. uh, Mm. that I've been trying to get FYI RAF for the last decade. Mm. I'm hoping you're going to give me some sort of red hot tip today or more than likely you may be about to, you know, (laughs) dash all that.
0: (laughs) No, well, uh, Mm. are you ready for a big surprise?
1: Well, I am because you've been a bit excited about this. So i thought I thought this topic might have been put to bed, but no, there's something no. exciting coming.
0: Pilates can give you longer, leaner muscles.
1: He didn't. He did. I'm watching him right now, live time, everyone. He didn't do any air quotes, and I'm now feeling it, really uncomfortable.
0: That's science. Yeah.
1: Okay. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. So is this the elephant that's not an elephant? Yeah. Is this one of those this is episodes? This a reverse elephant. This is a reverse <laughs> elephant. Far out. You're about to blow some minds, including mine, and probably make some marketers go, ha-ha, see, we weren't being jerks. <laughs> it's true. Let's it is true. Go. Okay, cool. Yeah. Let's go because I've got no idea what you're about to talk about. Well, um, <laughs> I
0: mean, the, the premise – in that I've, you know, the way that I sort of interpreted all of that marketing that I was exposed to as well, you mm. know, when I first started Pilates, was yes. that Pilates will give you give me longer, leaner muscles compared to doing, say, weight training that would bulk me up or compared to, you know, doing CrossFit or, you know, something like that. I'd get longer, leaner muscles as opposed to bulking. Mm. You know, is that the way that you understood it?
1: Yes, yes. So I, I don't now, but... Back in the day, before I had any literacy around any of any of this, um, I probably would have thought that doing something like lunges or squats with weight, uh, let's say at the gym, would have potentially given me, for want of a better word, bulkier thighs. And again, we don't want to use the word, I think we've talked about this before, we want to be mindful of bulky being seen as a negative yes. connotation.
0: And I'm sorry. Just every time, anytime I ever say bulky in this context, there's air quotes around it.
1: Yeah. 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 <laughs> so I just want to be mindful of yeah, that too. That. But uh, maybe instead of saying the word bulky, maybe the better word would have been sort of more muscul- muscular. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. More muscular. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um I would love, I'm all for muscular these Mm -hmm. days for myself as an aesthetic, Mm -hmm. right? And as a, as a feeling and as a feeling of strength and, you know, all of that, I'm all about it. Back then, uh, I probably would have been more about wanting less visible muscle, which I know sounds really weird. And yeah, from an aesthetic point of view.
0: Isn't it weird? Just, you know, when you say that makes me think like, isn't it weird how, or wonderful, how... People's aesthetic taste, our 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 idea of what constitutes beauty—you know, masculine or feminine beauty—is has changed so much over you know times and places. Like in some cultures, like you know, people who are very fat are considered more beautiful, and in other cultures, people who are rake thin are considered more beautiful. You know, in some and some times in history, it you know you know tans have been in, tans have been out. You know, like there's just there's fat. It's so much of it is societal and fashion oh
1: know. totally and I mean I think we we spoke about this in the body shaming uh episode I mean I was highly influenced by the aesthetics of the 90s and the 90s was your Kate Moss and you know the heroin mm. chic it was mm. skinny skinny as there mm. wasn't any you know like it was that was the that was you yeah. know this the thing that you kind of like wanted to emulate Now, now in my mid forties, my main focus is not the aesthetic. It's, am I feeling healthy and strong and fit? Um, And yeah, so that's really the focus. And I see that more clearly and clearly the more I age and the more those around me age and the more I work with clients, you know, who are older and that that's really the ultimate goal. It's very little to do with what you look like, but very much to do with your health um, and, and how you feel. Yeah. yeah. So I'm constantly, constantly striving to get stronger and fitter. Um,
0: yeah. Mm. I wouldn't be surprised. I, I, I can't recall the research on this, but... I wouldn't be surprised if people's reasons for doing Pilates change, you know, like mm. on, on average, you know, that people probably start for reasons like pain or aesthetics mm-hmm. and then they continue for more reasons like health, well-being, social engagement, you know, mental health. I hear a lot like
1: mobility. Yeah. I hear a lot of that, you know.
2: Mm.
1: People start to realise that Pilates is amazing for moving your body mm. through range, mm. Mm. Um, feeling that sense of suppleness, uh, in your spine, for want of a better word, and in your body, and oh, hello, Joseph Pilates.
0: Mm. <laughs> you know what, TBH, like, um, that's th- what I enjoy most about Pilates. Like, I've got a reformer in my Wait, basement.
1: I, I, that's to be honest, it did actually take me a minute <laughs> to get that. I was, did you see the the haze come over my eyes for a minute, Ralph, while I was trying to get I need, I need like a little h-
0: emoji thing that goes when I can say a word like that. Oh,
1: glazed over for <laughs> a moment. TBH, 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 TBH. Oh to be honest.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, to be honest You like, do
1: it for mobility. food. Well the, that's
0: what I enjoy about it. Like I find you know, I've got a reformer in my basement and I'm on it like four about five days a week. Um I was on it. Are smart, you yeah. what do you do on it? Mainly range of motion stuff. You e. G., know, give us some like front splits, side splits, ah. uh, of course, legs in straps. Ah. Um, you know, mermaids. Bit of short and,
1: spine.
0: Nah. Uh, well, every now and then I do short spine. I did short spine this week.
1: Oh, short spine's
0: but, my favourite. Yeah. I mean, I, people have told me like so many times over the years, like, oh, short spine is such a delicious stretch. It's mm. such a beautiful massage. I never really felt that in it.
1: <laughs> oh, boy. I know. It's.
0: Maybe it's, I've never been doing it right. Uh, maybe I need to teach you, out, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, waiting, I'm waiting for that day where I'm like, oh, this feels delicious. But it's like, yeah. Like if
1: out. I was only, if I only had time to do one thing on the reformer and I was feeling a little bit achy, a little bit stiff, that sort of thing, and I wanted to be in a good mood, short spines. Huh. Short spines my go-to. Mm, front splits is my go-to. Ah, yeah. See, I'm not mm. the biggest fan of front splits. It's huh. really funny. Look at that. Yeah. We're all unique. Yeah. Right. But we're both actually going to things that give us a sense of, Feeling like yeah, mobility well being, and yeah. well-being and suppleness. Yeah.
0: Suppleness is yeah. the thing for me. Yeah,
1: like the first thing I'm not getting on my reformer to do. I love doing scooters and heavy lunges, etc. But if I'm short on time, that's actually not what I'm doing. I'm doing some sort of mobility work. Yeah,
0: yeah. Actually, I'll I'll, I'll spend like half hour, forty minutes, just doing stretchy things on do the reformer. You? Yeah. yeah, probably.
1: I didn't know you were utilizing yeah. your reformer that much. Yeah, there's no dust on it. Does Jules get on it too? I
0: don't think so. Jules does Jules – does, she does Pilates, but she does more sort of body weight stuff at the start as, as basically the warm-up for her uh, weights okay. workout. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I love it as a warm-up too mm. before I do kettlebells. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Oh, there you go. I had no idea yeah. you were using your form so much That's yeah. Really? N- lovely. <laughs> there you go. Um,
0: okay. So anyway, what the heck were we talking uh, about? Longer leaner muscles. Oh, longer leaner muscles, yeah. So <laughs> – Um, well, so, and so I guess, you know, for me, the, you know, when I first heard that marketing and for years I I thought, okay, yes, it's because Pilates is, um, you know, uses lighter resistance and body weight and springs and moves you through a full range of motion. Therefore your muscles are longer and leaner and doesn't, you know, make you sort of really have big muscles or short muscles, you know, Mm. big and short muscles are like the opposite of what Pilates gives you sort of thing. Mm. Um, and it turns out that, yeah, that is in fact correct, but the reason is not really this, you know, quite correct. So um, uh, there was a a recent systematic review uh, called, what's it called? Effects of Range of Motion on Muscle Development During Resistance Training Intervention is a systematic review by Brad Schoenfeld and Jozo Grigic from 2020.
2: Ooh, nice and um, new.
0: And so basically, and there are a bunch of studies on this, that basically um, when you work, when you exercise and strength train, you know, resistance training, that's what Pilates is, um, when you when you apply load to a muscle through full range or at long muscle lengths, we'll talk about what the difference is between that in a minute, you actually elicit different uh, physiological responses in the muscle than when you train at short muscle lengths. So if you train at short muscle lengths right through limited range of motion, mm-hmm. you end up uh, increasing muscle mass by adding more, um, they're called sarcomeres, it's basically the, a, a little bundle of contractile proteins, right? in parallels, right? So you put another one next to the one that you already have, mm-hmm. right? So you've got a sarcomere, you build another one next to it, you build another one next to that. Now you've got three next to each other, so it's fatter, you know, it's wider, mm-hmm. right? Your muscle gets wider, mm-hmm. right? And then if you look at someone who does that a lot, 10 years later, they look like Ronnie Coleman or an elite bodybuilder, you know, like they've got wide <laughs> muscles, you know they have to turn sideways to get through doors, right? That's a, an extreme example.
1: Yeah, right? but and other things would come into play like that in that, like genetics and, and yeah. So yeah. protein and <laughs> yeah. all of this. I yeah.
0: um,
1: um, love that you've gone straight to steroids. <laughs> well, I'm just thinking, you know, if
0: you want to be an elite bodybuilder, you know. Um, uh, but then, if you work a muscle, you know, as in strength trainer muscle, through full range of motion slash at long muscle lengths, okay. You end up increasing. You put on more contractile proteins, right? Mm. The 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 actin and the myosin. I'm pretty sure we've talked little, about that. Yeah, the little caterpillars that pull each other along each other. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure we've talked about that in in a previous we episode. We have, right? we have.
1: And if you've never seen it visually, I'm sure if you type into Google, actin and myosin. Yeah, or, I'll put
0: a link in the show notes. Yeah, to the video. it's so
1: great to watch. Mm. It literally looks like this cool little caterpillar type creature creeping along. Super, super interesting.
0: Um, I'm just making a note. All
1: right. Uh,
0: so yeah, when so when you when you strength train a muscle, you know you get stronger. Mm-hmm. A big part of of how you get stronger is you create extra contractile proteins. You know, actually mm-hmm. build more muscle, mm-hmm. right? Because you want to the muscle to be stronger. You need more muscle. Like mm-hmm. you can't just make the same amount of muscle be twice as strong somehow. Um, although you know asterisk. There are other mechanisms besides just how many muscle fibres you have. And muscle memory,
2: might
0: is that? Uh, muscle memory is a different thing. Okay. Uh, so when uh, in the, you know, I, I would say like I always understood th- it to be this and my, my belief is probably like 99% of people understand, you know, when you say muscle memory, what you mean is like a memory of a skill, how to do a skill. You know, like I used to be really good at this thing. I haven't practiced it for ages. Mm. Now I do it again. I'm like, oh, I haven't done this for 10 years. I wonder if I can still do it. And you're like, huh, I can still do it. You know, I can still do a handstand push-up or I can still, you know, deadlift that amount of weight or I can still do a lunge on zero springs. Well, I haven't tried it for so many years. And you're like, huh, I can still do it. Is that what you mean by muscle memory?
1: No. What do you mean by it? No. So what I mean by muscle memory is the fact that if you have uh, laid down those suck mirrors. Yeah. Uh, you know at some stage in your life and then you've had a period of not using them you know not loading them etc you can actually build back up to where you were faster due to
0: muscle memory bam you that's the that's the that's the scientific definition of muscle memory mm-hmm. yeah that's the correct definition yeah. of muscle memory
1: yeah and i anecdotally noticed that in myself because I was, um, I think I've said this on another episode. I was extremely active as a teenager, like extremely was obsessed with the gym. Um, you know, would go and do leg press everything. Like I was a gym junkie. It was my thing. Um, there's not a lot else to do in barrel growing up as a teenager. So (laughs) I like to go and exercise and, um, yes, I've noticed for me when I actually put my mind and time to it, and body to it. <laughs> I can actually get muscle back.
0: Yeah, much quicker.
1: Really, quite and research quickly. Research supports that. Really, so quite if quickly. If you've been strong
0: in the past, yeah, it's much, it's much easier to regain strength mm. than it is to gain it in the first place.
1: Mm. And there's studies uh, done on um, bone density and uh, building bone density, etc. When you are younger, that actually sets you up better later in life in regards to osteoporosis, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, so muscle memory is a thing, and it's exactly what you say. It's much easier to regain. Basically, your muscles, you know, quote, remember, unquote, being strong in the past. And so if they've been strong at one point, it's much easier to regain that strength. Even if you lose it at one point, you can regain it much quicker. So, you know, if if you and I went to the gym and we were both – equally strong or not strong, right? But you had, you know, so we're both detrained, right? But I've never trained and you used to be super strong, but you just kind of let yourself go for the last 10 years. Yeah. You will progress much quicker than I will. Yeah. Yeah. Because you've got that muscle memory. And there's some theories that say that, you know, as the muscles get stronger, the uh, myonuclei, so basically the nucleus of the muscle, you know, muscle cells proliferate. And so when your muscle shrinks again, when you stop training, some of those myonuclei don't go away, like you have more of them. Yeah. And, but there's conflicting research about that. There's some research that's found like, no, that doesn't. They haven't found that's the case. Uh, uh, and yes, yeah, so it's it's kind of an open question. We're not quite sure why uh, that
1: happens. It's so fascinating yeah. though. I find it really inspiring because I I don't know, it actually helps me. Then when I go back to the gym, I'm like, yeah, it'll come back. Yeah, it does come back. Yeah.
0: yeah. So so muscle memory is a thing that's well established. It, it, it is a thing. Uh, just like why it's a thing, you know, how it happens. Like, is it the myonuclear right. or is it something else? We're not totally yeah, sure. Yeah.
1: Okay. Oh, yep. so cool. Um, what a great place to take a break.
0: Hey. Hey. Imagine this, when you meet a new client, you know exactly what to do. You're confident because you already have a plan, a plan that's so powerful and versatile that you can use it with any client. Big clients, small clients, clients with pain in weird body parts, clients with diagnoses ending in itis, osis or opathy, clients with neurogenic pain, whatever that is. Well, actually, neuro just means nerve and genic means produced by, so neurogenic pain is just pain that is produced by nerves. Anyway, clients with balance issues, clients with pain in any body part or in many body parts, all with this one weird trick. No, I'm just joking. There is no one weird trick, of course, that's going to solve everybody's problems. But if you come and study with us in our Diploma of Clinical Pilates, you will genuinely learn how to help people with all of those issues that I mentioned, plus many more. You'll learn a deep understanding of how the human body works and of modern pain science and evidence-based best practice. And you'll learn how to apply that knowledge to genuinely help people with their musculoskeletal issues. This is a one-year in-depth program. I would love to have you in the program. It's 100% online. No travel required at all. You can do it totally from your lounge room. If you're interested, I'd love to have you. Come and join us. Click on the link in the show notes and I look forward to seeing you in class. Go on, click on the link.
1: Okay, so heading back then to... Longer muscles. Yeah, longer muscles. From Pilates. So, so
0: when you get stronger, right, mm-hmm. there, you know, and um, I think we've talked about this as well. There are a bunch of – I think this was in the heavyweights bulk you up like uh, elephant episode. Basically, there are about half a dozen, you know, major factors that or things that happen inside your body when you train, you know, that result in you getting stronger, mm-hmm. right? And, and one of them, and probably the most important one, you know, over time is getting bigger muscles. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, if you get any two people in the world, the one with the bigger muscles is very much likely to be stronger. <laughs> right. Like that's <laughs> you know most people would you know know that intuitively, um, but it's not always the case. So mm-hmm. you know, in, there are there are other factors, and I don't want to go into those today because that was a different episode. But um, you know, let's just say eight times out of ten, bigger muscles equal stronger.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. Um, uh, and so. You know, your strength train, you know, whether that's put with springs or body weight or weights or whatever, it's like you you get bigger muscles. Um, now, bigger muscles doesn't mean you blow up like a freaking sack full of walnuts, you know. It, it could mean that your 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 muscle goes from tiny to small, you know, or it goes from small to yeah. moderate sized, you know, yeah. <laughs> bigger than it was, not bigger than the universe yes. necessarily. Yes. Right? So. Um, maybe big is not the word, but it's like hypertrophy is actually the the technical term. Yeah, muscles grow, and
1: it's really hard. <laughs> yeah. to do it.
0: Yes, it's really hard. <laughs> like
1: it's not just going to happen because you put all your springs on for your footwork today. No,
0: you have to wake up at two a.m. and have your protein shake, and you know, <laughs> like
1: <laughs> bodybuilders work really, really, yeah. really, it's
0: not really easy. hard. Yeah, yeah. If it was yeah. easy, then you could just go to the gym a couple of times, or in fact, just go to Pilates class, put some springs on, yeah, and do. Do footwork and then bam, you win a bodybuilding championship. Yeah. No, it's not going to happen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, we digress. So basically, you know, <laughs> when you when you do resistance training, of which Pilates is one form, um, you know, one of the things that happens, and probably the most important reason that you get stronger is because your muscles you know, get bigger. And the, the way they get bigger is they create more contractile protein. So muscles are made of these little proteins, which are tiny little microscopic things. I Like we can't see them with the naked eye. They're very small. Mm-hmm. Um, like long filaments um, that basically are actin and myosin that, you know, pull each other along each other. And I don't want to go into the mechanism of that because we talked about it in the weights bulk you up like elephant episode. Mm-hmm. But basically, you know, If each actin and myosin produces, you know, X number of, you know, grams of force, or if you have more actin and myosin, you produce more grams of force, Mm -hmm. right? So that's the primary way your body gets stronger is it produces more actin and myosin. And when you produce more actin and myosin, you've got to put it somewhere, Mm. right? Like you can put it next to the other actin and myosin, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right, is a good place to put it. And that makes your muscle wider, right? you know? So your bicep gets wider, yeah. you know, it sticks up more when you're and you flex it, right? The other place you can put it is at the end, you know, end to end ah. with the other actin and myosin. Uh-huh.
2: Does
0: that make sense? Yep. So your muscle doesn't get wider, it gets longer. And when you train, okay, at short muscle lengths, mm-hmm. okay, you tend to get more actin and myosin next to your existing actin and myosin, like it's called in series, sorry, in parallel. Okay. So your muscles get wider, Right. And when you train at long muscle lengths, you tend to get more actin and myosin in series. In other words, at end to end. So your muscles get longer.
1: Wow. Okay. Can you give an example of both of those on the reformer, for instance?
0: Um, so for the hamstring muscles, mm-hmm. uh, something like uh, shoulder bridge. Mm -hmm. Okay, where you're on, let's say, you know, one and a half to two full springs, Mm -hmm. you're lying on the carriage, uh, heels are on or toes, doesn't matter, are on the bar, Mm -hmm. bars bar's in the normal up sort of footwork position Mm -hmm. Um, and you lift your hips up and, you know, then you lift one leg up and push the carriage in and out. Yeah, I've Basically. just started cramping. Yep. yep. And your, your hamstrings are <laughs> cramping because so the hamstrings flex the knee and extend the hip. Right. Right? So that if you think about the hamstring, you know, bends the knee so your you, your heel comes towards your bum. Yep. Okay? Extends mm. the hip so the knee goes back behind you. Yes. Right? And so in shoulder bridge, when the carriage is in, mm-hmm. okay, both of those things are happening, right? Mm-hmm. Your knee is flexing and your hip is extending. Gotcha. Right? So the hamstring is in its close to its maximally shortened position. Right. So when and that is the hardest part of that exercise, right? Yes. Where the least spring tension yes. is supporting you, right? Yeah. So as you push away, the hamstring gets longer and the spring tension increases, making the actual exercise easier. Right. So that is that is an example of an exercise that is loading the hamstrings mm-hmm. through a short range of motion. Mm-hmm. Okay. Whereas something like, let's say front splits, mm-hmm. where you are standing uh with one foot on the footbar. Mm-hmm. Facing the foot bar and one foot is behind you um, on the headrest,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and with the headrest up a little bit. A lot of most people do it on the shoulder pads. I actually prefer it with your foot on the shoulder pads.
1: I prefer the OG hmm. JP way, which is more the boxer stance. Mm. So the back mm. foot is actually quite wide and turned out. Mm. So and the and the front uh, toes are on the bar. Mm. Mm.
0: I like it foot on the head on the shoulder pad because I like. Get more of a stretch. More of a stretch, my, yeah. My rear hip, yeah. A little bit um, more
1: of the classical, classical not, interpretation yeah, it, of
0: it. It's just just because it's more feels more stretchy yeah. for me. Um, uh, and so when you so think about the front leg in front splits, mm-hmm. right? Um, you are when you're pushing out, and I'm talking about doing front splits on a low spring, like a one spring sort of thing, one and a half spring, depending on your body weight, yep. obviously. Um, uh, as you push out, your hip is flexed
2: mm-hmm.
0: and your knee is extended. Yes. Right? Which is the opposite of the action of the hamstring. So in other words, you're bringing the hamstring to its longest length Uh over both joints, right? Yep. So the hamstring, the front leg in front splits is loaded Mm
2: -hmm. at
0: a long muscle length, Mm -hmm. right? And you know, if you've done front splits, which I know you have, Chloe, Mm -hmm. when you push out and that front leg is straight, that's when your hamstring is going, oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Whereas in the the shoulder bridge, it's actually when your knee is bent, that's when your hamstring is going, oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. So I actually was thinking about that. My ugher is more for Russian splits. Like I'm thinking Russian splits too, mm-hmm, when you yeah. you're facing to the same, back of the carriage.
2: Because
1: yeah. I feel like then I'm not just concentrating on balance. Because mm-hmm. for me, a lot, you know, doing the the front splits or the back splits, where uh, Russian splits, where your hands are behind your head, mm-hmm. to me, I'm just, balance, I'm just I'm yeah. just it's all yeah. about balance. Yeah. Whereas with the and I know you know, depending on what school you came, come from, except you might call it something different, but Russian splits too. When you're facing to the back, one foot's up the headrest, the other foot's to the corner of the foot bar, hands are on shoulder pads, legs straight, pike up, mm-hmm. push out. Mm-hmm. It's the only time in the Pilates repertoire where I feel like I'm kind of this flexible mm-hmm. person. Cause for the most of the time I just feel like I'm a human plank. Um, yeah. And it feels like a hell of a, hell of a stretch for yeah. me.
0: And yeah. especially if you do it on a lightish spring, right. Yeah. So if you do it on a heavier spring, obviously it's working the quads more, right, right, because um, you've got to push the carriage out, yeah. But if you do it on a lightish spring, whatever that is for you, you know one spring, one and a half. If you have, you know, if you're heavier in your body weight, half a spring. If you're lighter in your body weight, mm-hmm. um, it's working the hamstring of your front leg, the leg that's on the headrest, at a long muscle length, right. right? So it's a strength exercise at a long muscle length, mm-hmm. right. Compared to say shoulder bridge, or another one that's at a short muscle length is say hamstring curls. You know, like the precursor to breaststroke, is it breaststroke? Can't even remember. It anyway,
1: uh, to rocking.
0: To rocking, that's the one. I knew yeah. I had
1: it wrong, but I'd. <laughs> yeah.
0: so you basically you're lying on the on the long box facing the footbar. Mm-hmm. The you've got a couple of springs on, and the straps mm-hmm. are on your feet, and you curl your legs to your bum,
1: right? And everyone's having a little giggle right now because anyone who's ever tried to get into that oh, position like <laughs> knows what a nightmare it <laughs> yeah, is. <it's> like try, <laughs> try cueing an entire group into that. <laughs> and everyone keeping the straps on their feet.
0: Yeah, no, it's Nightmare. so difficult to teach us in a group mare. class because one, it's really Nightmare. hard to get people in the position, and two, as soon as they get there, eventually, like someone just the foot, the strap drops off their foot. <laughs>
1: and then someone else has already done fifty reps. Yeah. And they're like, "Is this over yet?" And the person over this end hasn't even got yeah, the strap on their foot yet. Yeah, they're out "Which strap like- I put
0: on which foot?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And they end up facing backwards the wrong way. Nightmare, nightmare.
1: All that time I set up very early on in my career and I set literally a full class, it's like 15 reformers. I set them all up facing the wrong way. And there's also... And and I didn't realise until one very kind uh, student went, a client went, Chloe, I don't think it's going to work facing this way. (laughs) And I went, and everyone was like looking, and I went, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, guys, I've stuffed up. (laughs) We're going the wrong way. But, you know, that's, that's the way oh, to no handle it. no one died. That's fine. the way to handle it. Oh, yeah, yeah. own it. And yeah. thank goodness for that client going, this yeah. is not going to work. Yeah. We're trying for you, though. We're yeah. really trying. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to make it work. Really want it to work for you. We're <laughs> really supporting you in this. But we think you've got it wrong.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: My little face went quite red, I think. Mm. But, you know, we've all had
0: moments like that.
1: Yeah. So, back to the hamstring curls. So, we're laying on the box. Yeah, yeah the feet are in the small loops. Um, you kind of hold on to the edge of the box and you curl the strap in towards right. your bum.
0: So, that's a hamstring strength exercise. Yes. With your hip extended. Yes. And your knee flexed. Yes. Right. So, in other words, it's at a short muscle yes. length for the hamstring. It's,
1: it's the, one of those exercises where almost everyone cramps mm-hmm. pretty quickly right. and then loves it because they're like, oh, yeah, this is really... This is really working. And then right. you get the doms the next day. Right.
0: Um, which isn't a good indicator that it was effective.
1: No. And by the <laughs> way, shout out to Adam McAtee for giving me the most hectic glute doms I've had in a long time. Uh, I did his masterclass uh, the other two days ago. So these doms are lingering a little longer than they should. Nice work, Adam. <laughs> it was his um, reformer cardio. Hmm. He got me good. Got me good. So thanks, Adam. Hmm. Yeah. Thanks, Adam. Thanks, Adam.
0: <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, so anyway, it turns out that when you do work at short muscle lengths, mm-hmm. like say shoulder bridge or hamstring curls, yep. okay, you increase strength more by creating extra sarcomeres in parallel. In other words, you put those new muscle fibres next door to the existing muscle fibres, uh-huh. right? Um, whereas when you do strength training at long muscle lengths, like say front splits or Russian splits – okay, on a light spring, Mm -hmm. you end up gaining strength by building more sarcomeres in series, or in other words, putting the new muscle fibre, the new contractile proteins, end to end with the existing ones.
1: This is blowing my mind, Raph. This is really challenging my bias, like (laughs) in a big way, yeah? So we know that baby Chloe, when she didn't know much of anything but knew that she liked Pilates, thought, that everything was going to make it longer and leaner. Mm -hmm. And then sceptical Chloe was like, oh, that's a load of bullshit Mm -hmm. and that's just false advertising and we're perpetuating this, you know, body aesthetic and this body myth and that, you know, Pilates is all about long and lean and uh, the, the classic, the strengthening while lengthening. And I was like, what a load of bullshit. Stop advertising this. And now you're kind of coming at me with... It kind of is strengthening and lengthening yeah. if you do those specific exercises right. that would lay the extra sarcomere at the end Right. So as if, opposed if to you're, next to each if other. If your
0: Pilates routine consists of shoulder bridge and hamstring curls on the long box, no, it's not going to make you longer and leaner.
1: Right. That's going to inc- potentially increase muscle mass, well, muscle they're, size. They're
0: both going to increase muscle, muscle mass, mass.
1: Sorry, muscle
0: but the uh, one is going to in, the the short length is going to increase diameter, right? Whereas the long length is going to increase
1: length. But is there? I mean, okay, where does all that where does that length go? Like, because you don't get technically taller. I know this is no. sounding like a bit of a well, dumb thing, right. but I'm trying to like yeah. conceptual. Because if we great question because if we think about the other way, does actually make you for one of a better word wider, makes your muscles wider. Mm, okay. Yeah. But you can get wider. That makes sense.
0: Yeah. But for you to get taller, yeah, your bones would bones need to there. lengthen, right? Your femurs yeah. would need to get longer. Your vertebrae would need to get taller. i
1: need to be put on one of those like medieval, like, <laughs> stretching machines, you know? You know those ones? T- and you see that? Yeah. Or like where they used to like, they'd break a bone and maybe, reset it longer. Maybe that's
0: oh. your new... um that's the new fitness craze we could start, a medieval stretching machine. But we have to rebrand it, obviously. But
1: <laughs> Oh, my God, it sounds horrible. Longer so, and leaner. Longer and leaner.
0: Guaranteed, all your money back.
1: I'm just imagining the marketing material now as well.
0: And when you're on your first class, there'll be a very long waiver. And we say like, you know, this might hurt a bit.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Cause irreparable damage. (laughs) I would like you to sign off here, please on the dotted line. Um, So, okay. Talk me through like what's happening. Where is it going?
0: Well, if so, it's not going to make you taller. No. Right. So longer. In this case, specifically I'd refers. Love to be
1: taller. I've always wanted to be taller. All of my, apart from my, my dad and my mom aren't that tall, but my siblings are like giants hmm. in the best possible way. I You're don't the think I've never met
0: any of your siblings. I've seen you with them on. No, they're all like media
1: a lot. Viking kind of warrior <laughs> looking. Huh. Yeah, and the the boys are so tall, and my sister towers above me. But you what got happened to me? But you got the brains. God. Oh gosh. Oh, they're going to love that one. No, you all, everyone's very smart. <laughs> they would, they would not agree with that at well, all. I don't, I don't know them from, I don't know
0: them from a bar of soap, obviously. My but, sisters,
1: yeah. you know, they're all very wise. Um, yeah. Who know? I really got the short, huh. the short straw as the, and, am the eldest. I was the first and the shorty. Mm. Interesting. So I've always wanted to be tall, like my siblings. Mm. So what's happening? So we can't get my bones longer, but we can nah. get my muscles longer. What's the point? Well, if you <laughs> where's have, it going?
0: <laughs> if you have longer, right? Well, all right. So if you have longer muscles, does that make you taller? No, because right. in order to be taller, you would need longer femurs
1: mm-hmm.
0: or longer tibias mm-hmm. or you know taller vertebrae. -hmm. Right, and that's not what we're achieving. No, giving you longer muscles—that's a different thing altogether. Yeah. So, yeah, sorry, it's not going to make you taller. And maybe when people think longer, leaner, that's what they think is like, oh, I'll be taller and narrower, you know? Yeah. (laughs) But that's that's not what that's not what we're promising on the packet here. It's longer, leaner muscles. mm -hmm. And so, a longer hamstring mm -hmm. lets you do what? Doesn't let you be taller, but it lets you stretch. Further,
1: mm-hmm.
0: because your muscle is longer, mm-hmm. right? So you can do go deeper into your front splits, okay. for example.
1: So it increases my flexibility.
0: Increases your flexibility. Uh-huh. Increases your strength at long muscle lengths.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Um, and, uh huh. And literally is less wide because it's the increased bulk of the muscle. Because you know you put on extra muscle fiber, but not actually not muscle fibers. You put on extra contractile proteins mm-hmm. in your muscle but you put them on end-to-end, end, so mm. the muscle is literally longer. So it is more massive. You have more muscle than mm-hmm. you did before, mm-hmm. okay? But that mass is added length, not added width.
1: Mm. Okay. So again, bias is being challenged here for me. In regards to my understanding of stretching, have we done an episode on stretching? I feel we must yeah, have. Yeah, stretching Back the, in truth. the like, oh, we did, gosh, yeah. gosh, that feels like, mm-hmm. does that not feel like a long time ago yeah. now? Yeah. Um, in that, didn't we talk about that, that stretching and, and an increase in flexibility seems to more be more to do with um, the nervous system yes. and basically your body uh, sees it as less, less threat? Yes. Right. Is this new information?
0: Uh, I would say, yeah, it's... it's Probably a slight modifier of what we talked about in the in the stretching episode. Um, so, like, if you do, say, front splits, you know, and you keep doing it for years, and you gradually go lower and lower and lower, your muscle's not going to get longer and longer and longer until after you've been doing it for ten years, your muscles like five feet long. You know, it's so there, there, there's <laughs> some, you know, finite amount of additional length that you're going to get. Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. <laughs> So
0: and, and beyond that, you know. So
1: kind of imagining us all turning into Gumby or something, <laughs> right. you know. We can just like or or go go gadget arm. Right.
0: So so you know when you when you do strength training, at, you know, like front splits at long muscle lengths. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, you know, There's some degree of increased muscle mass that comes from uh, sarcomeres in series. Okay, uh, and then you continue to do it, and you continue to gain flexibility but you, your muscles don't keep getting longer and longer and longer and longer over time. Just like if you did front, if you did shoulder bridge, right, and you did it, you know, on a light spring and you did it three times a week and you did it, you know, for years, okay? Well, initially your hamstrings would get a little bit bigger, you know, maybe noticeably, maybe not, you know, but they would get a little bit more, you know, wider in mm-hmm. diameter. But they're not going to keep getting wider and, wider and wider and wider and wider and wider until after five years of doing shoulder bridge, you, you know, hamstrings don't fit through the doorway anymore. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> they grow a little bit. Yeah. And then they plateau. Yeah. Right. That's normal. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's the same with when you increase the length of a muscle. You know, it increases a little bit in length and then it right. stays gotcha. So, yeah. And any further increases in flexibility, like uh come from you know probably neurological changes. Right. In increased tolerance to stretch, yeah. basically.
1: Yeah. Ah, wow. Wow. Okay. So what did they find in this – Is that so that's basically what they find in the Can uh, we talk so about yeah. the study a so, little more? Like who yeah. – so what did is, they do?
0: So, well, this uh, – all right, so I've got a couple of studies here. Um, so here's one from uh, this year uh, – sorry, last year. Um, is this one you mentioned before, the 2020? Let me have a look. Um, uh, all right. So, partial range of motion training elicits favourable improvements in muscle adaptations when carried out at long muscle lengths by Pedrosa et al. from uh, when is this? Twenty twenty one. Twenty twenty one. Yeah. Oh. Um, and I'll link to all of these in the show notes. But basically, what they did. So, and this is where I mentioned at the start about the difference between full range of motion versus working at long muscle lengths. It's not always the same thing. Right. Mm. So for example, if, if you did, uh, again, let's think of back splits, oh, sorry, you know, Russian splits, yeah. right? So you're doing Russian splits. You're going from your knee bent at 90 degrees, mm-hmm. right? To your knee straight. Yes. That's the range of motion. Right. And, but even when your knee is bent at 90 degrees, your hip is flexed at about, you know, ideally 90 degrees. Great. Right. So the, the shortest that muscle ever gets is the knees bent halfway and the hip is virtually fully flexed. Yeah. Right. So that's not a short muscle length. Right. No. So, so like, or let's again, think about it like through a full range of motion for the hamstring would be the shortest range would be your heel literally touching your butt. Mm -hmm. Right. That is the shortest position for the hamstring. Mm -hmm. And the longest range would be your, your leg in front of you and you bending forwards, you know, so that your chest is on your knee, mm. right, or your nose is on your knee, right? That is the longest length of the hamstring, right? So a full-range exercise for the hamstring would move between those two endpoints, right? It'd be heel on butt
2: mm-hmm.
0: to maximum, like, stretch of the hamstring, mm-hmm. right? That, that would be a full-range exercise. Yeah. And there are very few exercises that I can think of. I can't think of any exercise in Pilates that goes through that full range for the hamstring. Like, and there are some exercises where you put your feet on the butt, like, you know, like double leg kick and the one leg kick and stuff, but you don't go through a lengthened position for the hamstring in those exercises. No. Right. And there are some exercises where you go, or plenty of exercises where you lengthen your hamstrings, like.
1: I wonder if potentially the barrel. Oh yeah, like the because back arch and bridge. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, yeah I'm thinking the back, well, uh, or shoulder.
0: Yeah. Or shoulder bridge on the, yeah, shoulder bridge even, because it's not really totally full range
1: yeah grasshopper Grasshopper, but
0: you don't you don't don't flex the hip in grasshopper
1: but if i was doing grasshopper here on Mm. the barrel would i not be over the barrel hands down
0: so you're shortening your hamstrings heels to butt but then you don't lengthen your hamstrings nose to knees
1: oh okay yeah Ah.
0: yeah darn it so um so basically you know it's pretty rare And so a full range of motion exercise would be, would go right from one end point to the other, Mm. right? Whereas actually when we say full range of motion, what we mostly mean is partial range of motion at long muscle lengths, right? Like your Russian splits, right? Where you're going through, you're going from end range to not quite end range and then back to end range again, Mm. right? You never get your heel onto your butt in Russian splits. Gets anywhere near it. your no. legs, always way out in front of your body, yeah. Right, so it's a partial range of motion at a long muscle length, it's not a full range of motion. And what the research shows in this study, for instance, the one that I just mentioned, um, is that it's not the range of motion that matters, right? So, if you do a full range, they in this study they looked at uh, they did some people who did a full range of motion. Mm-hmm. And some people that did a partial range of motion at a short muscle length, and some other people that did a partial range of motion at, a, at long muscle length. yeah, And what they found was actually the long muscle length people got the best results. The partial range through at long lengths got the best result.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Full range got the second best result, and the short range got the the, let's say the third, third winner result. Right. <laughs> the third best result. Anyway, mm. And yeah, and the difference isn't massive. Right in terms of how much extra strength they got, but um, uh, there is a benefit to training at long muscle lengths. You don't have to go through full range of motion. It's just the end range part that's important. Mm. Right. Yeah. Mm. Um, And there are other, you know, there are a couple of other studies here that finds that, um, you know, what I just mentioned before—that basically when you train at long muscle lengths, you actually increase the 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 sarcomeres in series, and you you know, you where you put on the additional sarcomeres in the muscle, which part of the muscle they go to, is different depending on the range of motion that you're working for the muscle. Um, yeah, and so this um, this systematic review from last year, from 2020, from Schoenfeld and uh, Grigick, uh, I it's a hard name to say Grigick because there's only, there are five letters and only one of them is a vowel. <laughs> it's G-R-G-I-C.
1: Well, that is hard. Yeah. That is
0: <laughs> so I apologise if I've mis- mispronounced <laughs> That is challenging, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um but anyway um so they systematically reviewed studies on uh, range of motion versus you know and and its effect on muscle development. Um and what they found was for lower body exercises exercising at long muscle lengths whether it was full range of motion or partial range of motion was more effective than exercising at short muscle lengths. But for upper body there was conflicting results. It's not 100% clear whether it's true or not.
2: Wow. Yeah.
0: And no one studied it in the spine, so we don't really know about okay. the spine. But you know, there's a plausible physiological mechanism of why it, it is, you know, that way. And so, you know, my guess is it probably is that way in the upper body in the spine, but we don't know. Right. Know, just more more research is required.
1: Hmm. Mm. Funny that almost every mm. almost every paper ends with mm. more research is required. Yeah. So um, <laughs> Pilates can give you longer, leaner muscles. Wow! Fuck a duck, hey! Eh? Wow, <laughs> that was the quotable quote. <laughs> um, wow. Okay, I'm in shock. Uh, I'm assuming, as are some of our listeners, because yeah. I know that a lot of our listeners, this is probably challenging. 're biased yeah. as well there'll be I think there'll be a group of listeners going yeah I could have told you that yeah. and then there'll be a group of listeners going what what do you mean what and like I'm here going oh I can't really say shit about that advertising now can I <laughs> I mean because now if you do advertise your business and says say longer leaner muscles mm. strengthening and lengthening all true it's legit <laughs> true <Yeah. laughs> Ah, oh, cat's gonna love this because that's a that's a pet peeve of cats. Is is that is that narrative for advertising yeah. as well?
0: Will it change your genetics? No. Will it make you taller? No. So you I'm know, still not like, going to end
1: up. I'm not going to catch up to my siblings. I've no, been trying. Will it change
0: where your body fat is distributed on your frame? No, that's genetic. Yeah. Right, but it literally will make your muscles longer and leaner.
1: Yeah. I tell you what, I know what I'm adding in a little extra now into my into my regime, which I honestly have for so many years thought was bullshit. Uh, this has been a total eye-opener for me. Yeah. Yeah. This is – so I – wow. That's all I got to say about that. You've blown my mind, Raf. I'm kind of glad you didn't give me – so Um, for our listeners, Raph didn't give me any heads up on – on what was going to happen in this in this discussion. And I had a feeling, I had a feeling he had something to reveal because uh, <laughs> he wanted to talk about it. I'm like, have we not covered this already? He's like, no, I don't think we have. So I'm like, okay, hmm. Mm. But, yeah, this is really,
0: wow. There you yeah. go. Hey, um, just before we finish, can I just give a shout-out to a listener? Yeah. Well, I just want to shout-out to Tori Fromke, and I'm sorry if I've mispronounced your name, Tori. Um Uh, from Bayside Pilates in Corpus Christi, Texas, who I had the pleasure of uh, chatting with. uh, Oh, yeah, Yeah. you've talked. Yeah. So Tori's awesome. And um, I had quite a few light bulb moments uh, about Pilates and and stuff, which I I won't go into now because we're at the end of the episode. But (laughs) something that I do want to share is uh, Tori was telling me about, oh, down at the beach and this and that, windsurfing or whatever. And I'm like, you're in Texas, like bleached cattle skulls in the desert. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, apparently Texas has beaches. <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. I did not know that either. So there
0: you go. <laughs>
1: Texas has beaches. Yes.
0: Corpus Christi is one of them, apparently.
1: Wow. <laughs> well, I can't wait to hear. I can't wait to listen to that episode. Uh no, that wasn't
0: a that wasn't a Pilates elephants episode. Oh. That was just we just had a chat.
1: Oh,
2: okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh,
1: there you go.
0: Yeah. Cool. <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah. So I just want to say a shout out to Tori and, um, uh, you know, if you're listening, thanks. Thanks for the chat. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Awesome. Mm. And thanks to you, Chloe, for this chat because this has been fun too.
1: This is so cool. I, lo- I love it, Raf. when we um, have episodes and I learn something new from them that surprises me. Mm. Uh, I'm Yeah, this is really cool. So. Me
0: too. And like – a lot of this stuff, you know, like this isn't just like one from the vault that's like I know everything and then I, I just wheel some stuff out every day. It. It's like I just learned this, you know, fairly recently. <laughs> he's been, he's yeah. been
1: holding out on this little nugget for a while. No. <laughs> yeah, I mean
0: I, I subscribe to research reviews. I read a lot of papers and, you know, I come across stuff that I didn't know all the time. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, this is one thing that I came across. And I what to share are some
1: it. of your favourite um – It's Research reviews to subscribe to? Because I actually did have a, a student ask me that question last night, which I thought was a, mm. a great question.
0: Mm. So, well, research reviews are basically. Um, It's sort of like, you know, ordering, you know, pre-cooked meals instead of buying, going to the supermarket and buying the ingredients, right? It's like someone's done all the hard work for you.
1: Yeah,
2: awesome. (laughs) Um, And
0: so research reviews are basically, you know, people, you know, academically literate people who have sifted through the new studies that have come out in the last month and they basically read the study, do a summary of it, interpret it, tell you what they think it means and what you should take away from it and why you should care, you know, and and what you should do different in the clinic or the the studio to awesome tomorrow you know as a result of this new information and so i subscribe to three or four of those um probably the uh, the couple that i'd recommend to the listeners of pilates elephants
1: are physio network awesome i thought you might say that one yeah so
0: i love physio network every month uh you know first of the month i get 12 new papers yep. and they're like okay and it's it's generally to do with rehabilitation and yep. pain science and stuff like that yeah um you know, there's different stuff to do with, you know, running biomechanics and low back pain and shoulder mm. pain and whatever. Uh, and then I also subscribe to one called MASS, which is Monthly Applications in Strength Sports. Um, and that's, you know, really around sort of mostly powerlifting. Um, but it's that's actually where I found the systematic review on range of motion and, mm. uh, you know, muscle strength. Um, and so it's, not just about, you know, how to use a barbell. It's about like, okay, the principles of training. Um, uh, and so that's one. And the third one I really like is called, uh, strength and conditioning research review. Um, and that's by a guy, a, a UK academic called Chris Beardsley. Oh yeah. And, uh, so he does a lot of stuff on strength and he does a lot of stuff on athletic development. So he's really about sort of sport. And, I've been and learning
1: from him just yeah. by following him on Instagram. Yeah, he's awesome. Because he puts up a lot of the reviews on there. Yeah. So yeah he puts
0: up infographics of them on, on Instagram. Yeah, but yeah. when you read his monthly review, he gives you like a literally a, a, a ten page right. super deep dive into, you know, this right. you know, what this study found and 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 the context in the broader literature of the other studies that have looked at this topic as well. Yeah, right. He's freaking encyclopedic. Like he's He seems
1: that way. Yeah. Yeah. Just from interactions I see with him on Instagram, he seems that way. Yeah. He's got a great
0: book called Strength is Specific. Like if you want to learn like the mechanism, the physiology of how people get stronger and what happens when you train and get stronger. It's it's like on Kindle, it's literally like $3. It's like, I can't oh, believe wow. how cheap it is. It's ridiculously cheap. Should he
1: value his work yeah, more?
0: He should charge like literally 100 times more than I,
1: that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's <Chris, if laughs> outrageous. Put
0: your prices up, dude.
1: Yeah, because we'd pay for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Um,
0: but yeah, strength is specific, fantastic, very, very readable uh, and highly, you know, scientifically accurate description of what happens when you get stronger yeah he's really i like his writing style I i find it very easy to digest
1: yeah, fantastic. I've yeah. been um, thinking about sus- subscribing to Physio Network because I get I get their little notifications in all my feeds and the taster of what mm-hmm. the papers are. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, 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 that sounds really exciting. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give a shout out to where I learn a lot from um, to keep up to date to the Better Clinician Project, uh, which is run ben by Cormac. yeah Ben Cormack and Adam Meekins. Um, so I, and, and it's a very, it's, it's not very expensive at all. It's like a monthly subscription and then you're in a um, Facebook group with them as well. And they're quite prolific in what they put out and they have like research, I think it's like Research Friday or something where uh, they discuss a paper uh, and they jump on live and discuss it and it's really interactive and real time and they're both just hilarious. So they're very, you know, if, if you want a bit of spice with your research and banter and fun. They, I, What I love about it really appeals to me, those two bring that. So mm. for me in how I enjoy learning, I learn really well from them because they're fun and they're bringing the research and um, being part of that group is really cool too because people ask questions of the group mm. and you can learn from it and you can also um add something in someone asked about uh core stabilization she said she she used to be a pilates instructor and she's just been so turned off by it all and is it really a thing and i was able to link in our what the fuck is core stability <laughs> episode to which uh a whole heap jumped in and said Chloe, we've been, we've been using your uh, Pilates elephants episodes as um, references and sending them on to different people. And oh, awesome. thank you. And it actually really answered her question. And um, Ben popped a great, He's all, he did this fantastic blog a few years back on core stability as well. Uh, so yeah, so that was really mm. cool to be able That's to awesome. be part of it. Mm. And there, are um, so they're, you know, anywhere, one from physios to exercise phys to Pilates instructors to personal trainers—they're all in that too. Mm, so, yeah. I find that really valuable. Mm. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Hopefully, that was helpful. I think it's a great thing because I've noticed more and more um, students and and grads kind of saying, "How you know? What are some tips for keeping up to date? What are some yeah. tips for keeping your finger on the pulse? Do I have to do a whole new course?" No. Mm-hmm. If you want to come and do our diploma, mm-hmm. because that's freaking awesome, and it's a deep dive into all the things, and and we'll really empower you uh, how to look up research yourself and mm-hmm. how to know well, what is good quality and what isn't, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's so many ways to to really keep your finger on the pulse or nowadays.
0: You come and do free weekly Q&A with me every week <gasps> yeah your live. Q&A yeah.
1: and pick your brain yeah it's
0: uh every wednesday australia time or tuesday evenings in the us yep um and today we just we just did a, we we're recording this on a wednesday we just i just uh, did just before recording this um today it was on biomechanics of the squat and how far should you lean forward when you squat and does it matter
1: Ooh. yeah Oh didn't bring it Scott University's coughing a bit of slack at the moment. <laughs> it's kinda public enemy one oh one on the on the socials yeah, on Twitter and uh yeah. etc. He's coughing some crap.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm laughing at that.
1: Ah <laughs> oh, well good chat, right? Yeah. This is fun. Yeah. Yeah. Likewise. Yeah. Thanks everyone. Oh, hey, and by the way, our reviews are kinda like yeah, they've kind of petered off. Give they've us a of, review. They've kind of What like, is this? They've sat it – there's been 91 reviews there for the right. last, yeah. like, you year. You know
0: what? I've talked to quite a few people lately and they've said, like, I'm trying to give you a review on Spotify and I can't figure out how to.
1: Oh, uh, so, so I don't think yeah, you can on I'm Spotify. I'm going to give you a little
0: tutorial on how to do it, right? Okay. You can't do it on Spotify. Yeah. So what you have to do is you go to – if you've got an iPhone, yeah. you go to your iPhone to your podcasts app, yeah. right, on your iPhone and you download our uh, podcast on your podcast app on your iPhone mm-hmm. – and you open up any old episode mm-hmm. and you tap on there's a button, there's like a star symbol there, it says write a review, tap on that, bam, there, mm-hmm. that's where you write it. Yeah. Or if you're not on an Apple device, you can still do it on your laptop, go to Google, type in Apple Podcasts.
1: Ah, there you <laughs> <All> go. <right? laughs>
0: you can listen to it online. Yeah. It just once you get to the Apple Podcasts app online, just navigate to type in Pilates Elephants. Yeah. Right. Bada bing bada boom, you can write a review. Yeah. So that would really, really help us if you could give us a five star review because that's what helps. Uh, that's what tells the, the the podcast app to push us up in the rankings, which helps other people find us. And so that's that's something you could do for us. Yeah. You know, don't send us money, right? <laughs> but we're just, probably not allowed to
1: accept it. I don't know. We right. don't work for the government. We could accept. Yeah, it. Sam
0: Harris accepts if, it. No problem. right? But cool. we're, we're not asking you for money. But please do give us a five star review and write write a review. Don't just hit the five star thing and be lazy, like. Write us an actual review. Tell us what's awesome about this. Tell everyone else what's awesome about it.
2: Yeah.
1: We'd really appreciate it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, Claudia.